0: Hey everybody, this is Paul Van Horn. This is Benjamin Wesley. Jerry, the
1: co-driver of the Death Monster Truck. This is David Smith with Team Crunch. Hey, this is Darren Basil. Hey, this is Mark Sherry, the driver of
2: the Devastator Monster Truck. Gary Shunt, dude. Hey, this is Barry Mustala, and you're listening to AllMonster.com Beyond the Link picture or a video maybe worth a thousand words, but sometimes bigger stories not always told. We are a program dedicated to telling you those stories with analysts and opinions from those that go beyond the lens. We are AllMonster.com Beyond the Lens.
1: Hello and welcome. We're finally back on AllMonster.com's Beyond the Lens. This weekend, I am joined by Ed Horman near the home of Bigfoot in O'Fallon, Missouri, Dustin Hart, near the home of Gravedigger in Nags Head, North Carolina, and Josh Rhodes from Ramsey, Illinois. Guys, it's been a while. We got a lot of stuff to get to. I personally just got back from the Minneapolis event, and it lived up to its billing. It was a really long show, but it was a really good one. So I'm going to get right into that, and then we're also going to talk about Silly Season in Monster Trucks, just like we did last year. You guys really seem to enjoy that. You guys have been hitting us up on Facebook, Twitter, the whole deal, and uh, giving us some good topics for the show. So we're going to check that out. First off, though, we got Minneapolis. Uh, It gets bigger every year at the Metrodome. But the problem is those folks hadn't seen a show in 13 months due to the unfortunate collapse of the Metrodome roof. They had a January show there canceled. So really unfortunate. It led to some cool little encore moments where trucks got rerouted last year. But the uh, folks in Minneapolis were itching for a show. All right, so, yeah, definitely a sloppy course after a while. There was a lot of sliding out spinning out in turns, especially towards the end of the turn for every driver. And it was definitely a driver's course. You had to get used to the dirt, and it was very random. Some trucks would hook and roll over. There were a lot of, of weird moments, I would just say, in racing. This was one of the most unusual racing formats I'd ever seen as far as just a lot of carnage. The, I didn't think that every truck would be back for freestyle, but this is a definite shout-out to the Monster Jam crews. Every truck made it back, and there were probably six or seven trucks at the end of racing that needed attention. Uh, among those were Grinder, Monster Mud, El Matador, Brutus, Gravedigger the Legend, and Lucas Oil Crusader, all due to various either rollovers, breakages, problems with tires, things like that. Uh, Monster Mud actually had a broken input shaft on the transmission, which, if you guys know about that, not... The easiest of fixes, especially when they're trying to move the show along and you have to get the truck out into the you know, tunnel and then get things changed out. So definitely a, a testament to the Monster Mud crew there. Uh, Cody Saucier, a good friend of, the, friend of the program there, took care of that in a jiffy. So they got everything taken care of. When it came down to the final two trucks, it was a photo finish between Ryan Anderson and Son of a Digger. Monster magic. With Morgan Kane. Three hundredths of a second was how close that final round race was. Awesome victory for Morgan Kane. His first big stadium event victory. And uh, I got to be honest with you, I don't know if anybody actually saw that coming. Um, but congratulations to Morgan. He drove smart all night, was just smooth and solid, and was right there with everybody and forced everybody else's hand. And they made mistakes. Ryan made a mistake in that race and uh, almost came back, had a couple nice turns, but he did make a a little bobble, and that was all it took. Smooth and consistent, Morgan Kane took the big racing victory for the Monster Trucks Unlimited team. Moving on to freestyle, to me it's all about when you can keep 50,000 people's attention for two minutes, you've done a spectacular job. There were a few drivers out there that did that, and at the end of the day, Ryan Anderson and son of a digger just missed that racing victory, but he was a no-doubter for that freestyle win. Awesome job for him. You know, when the anticipation for your next hit or move is so high, the crowd loves it. You know, life is good. That's what freestyle is all about. So we got started off. I'm going to run through a couple of the highlights there, and then we're going to kick into this Silly Season talk. So I've got to admit, the first two trucks really set the tone well. King Crunch had a solid full pull, slap wheelie filled run. Really good. Even cut a nice donut at the end, so that was really good. Definitely a good job there from David Smith. And uh, racing winner Morgan Kane came out in Monster Magic and just had a really smart freestyle. I was able to talk to him a little bit after the show, and uh, he was shut off right at bonus time, right at the beginning of that. And uh, he actually had a stuck throttle, so kudos to him for recognizing that. That is uh, a smart on his point, you know, to make sure that he keeps the safety of everybody in mind. And uh, really, really a good job there. So it was a big night for the Monster Trucks Unlimited team. You know, El Matador and King Crunch, the, uh, the Flame Motorsports team there did a great job as well. Uh, I've got to say, you know, Darren Basil and El Matador, very, very underrated. Veteran moves. I mean, he had that truck in trouble a couple of times. Uh, just the prior freestyle before him, Monster Mutt with Joe Miller came over to the Jammer Stack, two cars on its side deal, got some great air and had a nice bounce for a slap wheelie but, uh, wasn't able to keep control of it upon landing and rolled over. And what is the first thing that, that, uh, Darren Basil comes out and does hits that jammer stack bounces up into a nice slap wheelie and controls it. So that was just kind of interesting to me. It's not, uh, you know, any slight to Joe Miller, but, uh, I thought it was interesting that Darren Basil pulled off that same move right away. Uh, shows a little bit of fearlessness to me, because if I'm a driver sitting in that seat and I see somebody roll over off of one obstacle, I might not hit that obstacle first right away, but, uh, The confidence, the uh, skill of getting out of a bad situation showed for Darren Basil. And uh, I'm sure Joe Miller will come back and do a great job at Monster Mutt the next time he hits the track. So we came out to uh, Stone Crusher was another one of the highlights. He had one of the best saves that I have ever seen. There was a lot of good driving going on in this freestyle. It wasn't just carnage, and uh, I'm always a fan of that. Stone Crusher had, I don't know how Steve Sims pulled this one back over. But it was amazing. he was basically balancing on the top side of the front tire only one wheel and somehow got the traction and had the uh the abilities the presence of mind to turn that truck back onto all fours just a very solid start to his freestyle kept it going big air typical sims, and uh you know in between monster magic 's run and stone Crusher's run, they actually had to do a tire swap, so that was a uh that's always a fun thing to try to get done in between people's freestyle runs. Luckily, I guess for them, uh, there was a rollover in there, and they were able to have Tommy Powers and the crew get in there and uh, you know throw the tire from Monster Magic onto Steve Sims' Stone Crusher. So a lot of, a lot of good work from that crew, and uh, it showed. I mean, wins and solid freestyles all around for them. Heading into the second half of the field, uh, there was a lot of breakage and, uh, you know, a couple solid runs. El Toro Loco, Mark McDonald, he had a solid night with, a, with the exception of a little bobble in racing. He was looking very good in racing. Ended up getting taken out and uh, came in and had another full pull, real good freestyle. He always knows where he's at on the track, and it always shows. I'm looking for Mark McDonald to take a racing victory somewhere this year on a major stadium. Getting into the very, very end of the field, we had it stacked. Grave Digger the Legend followed by Son of a Digger. I don't even know what to say, but you guys have to check out the photos that we'll have courtesy of Josh Kersher from All Monster uh, on All Monster. Those will be really cool. Um, so many wow moments. It was a night for the youth of the sport. Uh, on a night when uh, the old, eldest Anderson Dennis and Tom Mintz, both really didn't have very good nights. Uh, the rookies and, and the young guns shone through. Uh, in freestyle, that would be the Anderson brothers, Ryan and Adam. Uh, Adam came out first, had an amazing save. This was a no-doubt leader at this point in the field. And then Ryan went out and topped him by a point. I mean, just really, you can't say anything and name a move, and they did it. I mean, it was big air. It was the whole deal. The thing that was most impressive to me about Ryan Anderson was not that he was you know, wild and crazy on the track. He was but he actually knew where he was on the floor at a couple of points in his freestyle. He hit a big uh, bus combo stack that they had out there, rode out a nice slap wheelie, but he knew exactly where he was on the floor, and uh, if he hadn't tapped the brakes and brought the truck down at a certain point, he would have been looking at a nasty endo and uh, not a freestyle win, but he knew exactly where he was on the floor, brought the truck down beautifully once he saw it hit that pivot point where he was vertical and uh, continued on, eventually rolled the truck over, and uh almost back onto all fours, but he had the trucks- atten- you know the, the he had the crowd's attention the whole time there, and that was awesome. so ended up with uh, maximum destruction and gravedigger, Tom Mintz lost rear steer, had a sort of a flip save type deal as well as as locking up a planetary, and just drove around and smashed into some stuff that was about all he could do and uh you know, just uh nothing he could do at that point. Ryan had already uh, laid the law down so to speak and Dennis Anderson broke uh, on a sort of a nose-over over a bus stack, and that was all she wrote. Ryan Anderson with a big freestyle victory, a no-doubter, and it's always good to see the uh, guy that deserves to win take the win in freestyle. The judges did a good job this, this time in Minneapolis and uh, really have been improving all season. So good to see that. I've got to say that was a statement run once again for Ryan Anderson. I saw him in Cincinnati, and I've seen him before. Dustin can talk about this as well. He saw him in Hampton uh, recently in November. Ryan Anderson has been on fire ever since he came back from his injury and did that backflip at the World Finals. You better not count him out of any run anywhere, specifically in freestyle. He is going to be a tough guy to beat when we head to the World Finals in Las Vegas. I'm already calling it. Guys, what do you think about silly season? We've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a minute. But uh, What are your thoughts on Minneapolis from what you guys have seen?
0: yeah I mean this weekend we saw you know, as you said earlier, it's the youth movement that's coming through, and it's the youth movement coming out of Kurtzok, North Carolina. uh what's in the water up there because I mean, Morgan Kane and the Anderson brothers were just out of their mind awesome this weekend. Morgan has been coming on strong with his racing program, you know last season he was getting the feel of it, he was you know you know figuring out how to go out and attack these courses, and uh, you know it seemed like every weekend during the first quarter of last year. He was close, but he could never get past Scott Hartsock. for whatever reason, those two met up every weekend and he was out by the second round over the summer though, he got some time in the new truck and you know he' been feeling it out and getting really comfortable in there and he feels a lot more comfortable in that truck and you know he was actually finally able to get the monkey off of his back and beat Scott Hartsock in Wildwood as well as taking a big racing victory over Gary Porter there. And then, I mean, Ryan Anderson drove in freestyle like a man possessed. He has got just such an aggressive style. And, I mean, it was an all-out assault on that course. He was getting air, you know, that was just ridiculous. And I think the thing that stuck out most to me was is how he attacked those jammer stacks. Because it's a, really, it's a difficult obstacle, I guess you could say, to carry your momentum over. A lot of the times the way that jump will shoot you up, kind of shoots you up and you don't get to carry a lot of forward momentum and you're pretty much left with either trying to go for a slap wheelie or you just you know take the bounce and go wherever it sends you not with ryan anderson flat out just attacks that jump like nobody else does and turns that into a jump that you know you can actually carry your momentum on and he was getting ridiculous air off of it and then you know adam anderson who i always love to watch freestyle he's got such a great style and you know Pulled off another incredible save in his freestyle run when he got crossed up, you know, reminiscent of what he did in Vegas. Only this time, the truck didn't completely fail on him. So, you know, hats off to the boys from Kuretak. They're repping the Carolina pretty well.
1: You're absolutely right, Dustin. And one of the things that I noticed uh, too, you know, guys will say, "Hey, Dustin's from North Carolina." He's just talking about these guys. Absolutely not. I have seen the same things that he's seeing with these shows, um, there, there has to be something in the water. I think, I think the biggest thing is they're always around something with an engine and a transmission in it, you know, whether it's mud trucks, whether it's, you know, anything, motorcycles, whatever they're in there and they're always working on their throttle rhythm, whether they are purposely doing it or just having fun, they're always got that experience and they probably have twice as much seat time in some ways. As other people, you know, like I said again, it doesn't matter if you're driving something with two wheels, four wheels, whatever. You learn throttle rhythm, and you learn what a truck can do, and uh, it shows. I mean, the pace of those freestyles was just blistering, absolutely incredible. Monster Jam folks are not going to have to worry about the future of the sport after seeing that show in Minneapolis. Guys, any other thoughts before we move on to silly season?
2: Uh, You know, the one thing that I saw, and I know Robbie, you touched upon it, was in racing. Just the kind of it seemed like you know the track I don't know if it was the track you know people uh getting back in their trucks for the first time in a few months or you know whatever it may be but it seemed like in racing uh that they were having so many problems and things that it just seemed weird for me and I really couldn't get into racing uh watching it and seeing it and you know from photos and stuff like that like I had with previous big events and I just thought that was kind of a Uh, A bummer to me because I thought racing there was going to be a lot better than what it was. Um, I know that next time they'll be there, that racing is going to be 110% better. So I'm not worried about that. I just thought that there was something, you know, off about racing like you touched upon earlier, Robbie.
1: Yeah, it was a little bit of both. A couple of people in there, you know, I talked to before the show, it said, yeah, you know, I haven't been in a truck in X amount of time. And, uh, you know, but again, uh, it is up to the drivers to adjust to the course that they're given. And, a couple of guys, it seemed like they they weren't sure what to do, and uh, you know it's easy to sit here and talk about that, but uh, you know when you're the one behind the wheel, it's definitely a different story. When you aren't sure what that track's gonna throw at you, it's a very difficult thing. I saw some guys spin out in the turns, and then I saw some guys hook and roll over. So if you if you're sitting there and you're watching a couple guys go, one guy spins out, one guy rolls over, you're like, man, I don't know what to do. Uh, the smartest thing to do was what Morgan Kane and Monster Magic did drive a smooth, consistent race, watch the other guy mess up, and uh, that worked out. I mean, you he adjusted to that course very well, and, uh, you know, hats off to him once again. For, for a guy that's a relative newcomer to the sport, uh, he definitely made his time in uh, the Mopar and now the Monster Magic truck count. He's going to be moving on to the second Stone Crusher truck, and uh, he's definitely become acclimated to that very quickly. Uh, that was the old Stone Crusher chassis that he was running on this weekend, so... Hats off to Morgan Kane, Josh, you got anything? Morgan's win in racing was kind of like
3: an earlier upset that happened, I believe, two seasons ago in Jacksonville, Florida, with Carl Van Horn and Excalibur at the time going out there and beating a stacked lineup. It's the first time in a long time with Monster Jam that you've seen an upstart. Well, not necessarily Carl was an upstart, but it did help earn his way back into the Gravedigger ride at that time. Morgan, with this victory, a lot of people probably open their eyes at him, and Steve's going to have a hard time keeping him behind the wheel of monster magic trucks, uh, stone crusher trucks. In the future, I mean, a people, a lot of people, a lot of guys might look at him and be uh, wanting to offer him some uh, rides before the end of the year is over. With Ryan Anderson, what else can be said? As you guys were saying, perfect perfect floor placement all the time around on that freestyle. Uh, the thing that I noticed, the slap wheelie that he did on one tire. I mean, that was just excellent job riding that thing out and then slapping the brakes, bringing the front back down, and getting that truck back around to hit another obstacle. It was just an awesome thing to watch.
1: Definitely. The presence of mind and knowing where you're at on the floor. I personally, i got to say, I don't think Morgan Kane's going anywhere. He is, he is very grateful. Uh, if you guys haven't seen him, look him up. It's, uh, it's actually the backwards of his name on Twitter. It's Corgan Maine. But uh, you've got to see some of his comments. I mean, he was very, very thankful to everybody after the show. Again, you know, I got to speak with him and everything. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, Usually that is what happens, though, is, you know, you see somebody pick up a victory like that against a field like that, and you definitely do turn your head around and watch. I mean, uh, we've seen that sort of deal with uh, Randy Brown's second driver, whoever it's been, from, uh, you know, Alex Blackwell to Frank Kermel and so on. Uh, People are always watching you. So definitely some more heads are turning towards uh, Morgan Kane after that show. So very cool. Got a lot of new things coming at at us for the first quarter of 2012, and we wanted to touch on that. You guys have been hitting us up on Facebook, and uh, you know, mentioning that hey, we want to talk about the uh, the off season sort of in Monster Jam and in uh, Monster Trucks in general. Got a lot of cool things going on, new drivers, new trucks, new situations. So we're gonna try to get to most of those and then close the show out. I'm going to uh, bring up the first topic. Todd LeDuc and Brian Deegan, everybody knows that name, I would say, from uh, the extreme sports background, at SEMA in Las Vegas recently in November, uh, debuted the Metal Militia Truck. So that was actually Robbie Gordon's old, uh, you know, what would have been a Monster Energy or Speed Energy type truck that was on, a, on an episode of his TV show. Robbie apparently doesn't want to stick with Monster Trucks and uh, sold out to the uh, boys at Feld. They made that Metal Militia, so Dustin's going to touch on that and uh, give us a little bit of information about the Duke and Deegan driving combo for Metal Militia.
0: Well, we got ourselves a pair of you know, very talented off-road racing drivers. I mean, uh, you know, it's been kind of overlooked with Brian Deegan's past in freestyle motocross that he's now made himself a very accomplished off-road racer. He's now got three championships in off-road racing. Just picked up two of them over the weekend you know, he's a champion twice now in pro light and a pro two champion. You know, he's done well in his adventures into uh, rally racing. So I'm very interested to see what Brian Egan's going to come in and do this season. And the few times that he's going to be driving the truck, uh, he's only got, I think three or four dates this season, but you know, that's definitely going to be something to watch for because he's a very talented driver. Uh, he's put in a lot of effort to getting to learn the trucks. He's already been to the shop multiple times and, uh, you know, tested the truck. He tested uh, Gravedigger, the legend that Tony Farrell was driving last season in Anaheim, and uh, you know, he's going to be somebody to watch. He's got a lot of talent behind the wheel of whatever he's doing, whether it's two wheels or four. Uh, you know, he's an accomplished racer. He knows how to handle jumping a truck and stuff like that. And then you know, he's very creative too, which is going to be something to look for in freestyle because it's kind of underrated now. Seeing the creativity that comes out in freestyle. And then Todd LeDuc now in his second year driving in monster trucks, you know he's already proven that he's a very talented driver, whether it be in a short course ride or in a monster truck. Uh, you know, getting into a new chassis this year, uh, you know he's already proven that he's a strong racer, picking up a win last year in Phoenix, and he's a very stout freestyler as well. So, looking forward to big things out of the Metal Militia tr- ride this year.
2: One of the things I wanted to jump in here real quick uh, with Dustin, he was talking about Ryan Deegan uh, actually testing. And uh, kind of an interesting tidbit we have here. He's actually been testing with Carl Van Horn. And, uh, you know, as a lot of us know who have talked to Carl and, you know, seen Carl uh, teach other drivers, he's actually a really good teacher. And uh, I'm pretty excited now after I found out uh, that Carl is teaching him to see how Brian does. Um, As we, you know, as Dustin said, Brian's doing really good in all the other forms of sports, so I don't see why he wouldn't do any better. But with Carl helping him, uh, I think he's going to be that much better, just because Carl, to me, is uh, one of the best drivers we see in monster trucks right now.
1: Again, as we were talking about, you know, with the boys from Kuratuk, throttle rhythm is throttle rhythm, and Deegan's hopefully going to prove that in monster trucks. You know, it, any kind of cross promotion I'm for, regardless of what you think about this guy or that guy's reputation. You know, I think that uh, there's definitely a move towards getting drivers into the seat of monster trucks that have throttle rhythm and have experience in other forms of motorsports. Whether it's Travis Pastrana, Damon Bradshaw, Brian Deegan. Whatever. These are big names. These are not just you know, oh, this guy is one in this part of the country. I mean, it's it's worldwide, and it's all forms of motorsports. Major exposure for monster trucks, and I'm all about that. Uh, you know, another guy that you you mentioned, Carl's a good teacher. Another guy that's sort of become the designated teacher after, uh, you know, sort of an unfortunate uh, back injury that's had to keep him out of a seat full time is Paul Cohen, and uh, both. Paul Cohen and Carl Van Horn were there to help with the grinder drive experience in Minneapolis. So they're obviously people that, uh, you know, the company trusts to teach somebody that is either new to the sport or, you know, just new to the seat of a monster truck, uh, how to get this thing going. The digging is probably going to be up at the dungeon, I guess three times total. I believe I was told. And, uh, so definitely a shout out to him for wanting to get this thing right and not just treating it as a stunt. Um, you know, Deegan is a very competitive guy from everything that we've seen, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do behind the wheel of a monster truck. Another thing that I'm looking forward to—that brand new Bigfoot 18 body has been generating a lot of press lately. Ed Horman, of course, we always talk about him being near the home of Bigfoot. Him and Chris Kalen have uh, gone over to the shop a few times there for, for the Bigfoot boys and snapped off a few shots. We appreciate the Bigfoot team letting us post those up on all Monster and on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Ed why don't you tell us a little bit about this brand new chassis Dan Runte is going to be behind
2: Most definitely it's uh, built by the Concussion Motorsports you know another truck you might see from them is the uh, Little Miss Dangerous truck of Jocelyn Perrin uh, who's been tearing it up on the Montra Jam circuit and uh, you know this summer she did fairly well beating our own John Zimmer but you know it's a concussion built chassis it's uh concussions newest built chassis that they have out there right now with this chassis it, it for bigfoot the difference between this chassis and everything else is it's got a lower center of gravity um, they have raised the motor um up on it they can higher or lower it um, my feeling on it is it kept it high so dan Ronte can uh slap wheelie and wheelie the truck a lot better with the body it's a uh 2009 f-150 short course body I um, want to clear up all those rumors. That is exactly what the body is. It's not a Ford Raptor. It's an F-150 2009. The other thing is, is that it will not have a tailgate on it, so it's going to be kind of a different look for Bigfoot, and uh, I'm pretty anxious to see it. The first show is in South Haven, uh, Mississippi. Uh, I should be there taking photos and uh, trying to get some video, too, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff of the uh, debut of the Bigfoot 18 concussion-built chassis.
1: Also, in addition to that, that means that the seat in Ronte's former truck is available. Be sure and talk about that as well. What do you got for us there?
2: Ah, I forgot to mention that. Thank you. Um, Larry Swim is actually going to move up from 14 and drive 16. I have any official word who's going to take over the rest of the seats? Bigfoot has told me that they're hoping to release information in a few weeks, and uh, we'll, be, we'll you know, post it on the website, post it on our Facebook and on our Twitter. Definitely.
1: Now we move from, uh, you know, you mentioned a couple guys moving seats around. We definitely have some musical chairs and musical seats in the uh, Monster Jam portion of things. Three drivers, three trucks we're going to talk about next. Wolverine, Captain America, and Superman. In order, Wolverine will be driven by Alex Blackwell. Captain America will be driven by Chad Fortune. And that leaves the, man, the seat for Superman open. So, Sean Duhon, the name from uh, a couple years ago now, will be taking over the ride in Superman. So, we're going to all riff on Wolverine here. Uh, definitely, that truck has a great history in the sport. Brian Bartle made that name, won the 2003 World Racing Championship. And uh, then the next year, no sponsorship. Wolverine was gone. I was kind of disappointed, to be honest. Uh, I'm not always a fan of the character body or off-body trucks, but I thought that Wolverine looked slick. I thought it had the performance to back it up. And uh, it was a shame when that truck left. I missed it. And, uh, you know, it's good to see it back on the tour. Uh, That means, you know, if Blackwell is in Wolverine, obviously he's not going to be driving Captain's Curse. That truck is going to be parked for this year, to to our knowledge. I did speak with Alex really quickly a couple weeks ago. And he did mention to me that he is having a brand new chassis for this truck. So definitely good to see him with some new iron and, uh, you know, a new old identity. Uh, it's a shame that uh, he worked so hard to establish that Captain's Curse-Alex Blackwell connection and was doing a great job there, but uh, hey, the sponsor money's got to come first, and uh, if somebody's paying you, you got to you know, tow that company line a little bit. So I'm looking forward to seeing Alex Blackwell there. Guys, what do you think about Alex and the Wolverine?
3: Well, I think it's a good move for him, honestly. It's a sponsored truck. It's going to be a well-known truck. It's going to have a lot of T-shirts sold, I guarantee it, because the old truck was one of the more popular trucks that they had. And like you said, I was also one of the guys that was kind of disappointed that after it won that World Racing Championship, it was nowhere to be found the next year, and Bartle had to go back to the little tiger name. I'm glad to see Wolverine is back, and I am also very glad that a good top
0: talent like Alex Blackwell is behind the wheel of it. Yeah, nothing but high praise to say for Alex Blackwell. He's, you know, as you put earlier, Robbie, he's really worked very hard to establish a namesake, and identity for himself with the Captain's Curse, and I'm sure he'll do just the same with Wolverine. You know, he's very good with the fans. He loves interacting with them. He goes above and beyond the Call of Duty to interact with his fans, and, uh, you know, he's a talent behind the wheel also. You know, looking for big things for Blackwell and Wolverine, and uh, we'll see what happens this winter.
1: Okay, now we're talking about Captain America and Superman. So we're in here and uh, you know, with the expansion of the Marvel Comics sponsorship, Captain America's ride became open and who better to take over that than uh the guy that looks closest to Captain America in monster trucks, Chad Fortune. So, you know, definitely interesting to see him get a new identity. That's another one of those guys that's sort of been uprooted from the uh the truck driver combo that that has been so familiar to everybody for a while. So uh, I'm interested to see how that'll work out. I don't think, honestly, it'll be that big of a jump. Fortune can almost have the, uh, the same sort of personality and driving style. Uh, take care of the, takes care of the equipment now. Used to be a little hard on the, uh, the equipment back in the day, but now you know he has become a smarter driver, I think, as the years have gone on. Uh, I don't know if you'll ever see him you know, win a World Finals freestyle championship or anything like that, but he's solid. You know when you see Chad Fortune out there, he's going to have a good solid run. And in most cases, going to take care of the equipment and not beat the truck up. So if you've got a character body like that, you want to fly high, you want to do a good job, but you also want to save that body for the whole year. So we're going to see what happens there. Guys, what do you think about Fortune being in uh, Captain America?
3: I think for one of the main reasons why he fits that truck is because the, the Superman ride, and if people follow comic books, Superman was always known as the ultimate Boy Scout. Well, Marvel, their kind of answer to that was the super soldier, which was Captain America. Look cor- sort of similar. They're both big muscular guys. Only difference is, is uh Captain America's blonde. So Chad may have to dye his hair there. But <laughs> I think he's I think he's going to be okay. Uh I think he I think he just fits that truck. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. He's the best fit for it. I'm not 100% sure Sean Duhon is the best fit for Superman. He may have to shave his beard off that I remember him having, but I think he'll do a good job over there in the Superman machine. It's good to see him get another ride out there. I I, do, I did miss watching Sean out there. He was a friend of mine at the time uh, before he quit driving, so I'm, I'm happy to see him get another ride.
1: Yeah, definitely good to see Sean back behind the wheel. Uh, he is, in some ways... Stature wise, he is about oh, half a foot shorter than Chad Fortune and doesn't quite have that build. So he doesn't exactly have the superhero build, but he has the knowledge of Superman, the comic book character. And that's going to be interesting because Fortune always played up the superhero deal. Don't know if he was a fan of the comics. Sean is a huge Superman fan. So for those of you that didn't know that, hey, go up and ask him a question about Superman. It's actually a better fit than some people might realize. And uh, of course, you know, again, want to take care of the equipment. Sean was always known for doing that. Solid racer, solid freestyler. That'll be good for uh, you know, good for the budget, honestly. And uh, hey, competitive as well. I like seeing him. You know, when he was able to push the uh, the cult truck or the sudden impact truck, whatever he was in at the time, uh, he did a pretty good job. You know, I was I was always impressed with any driver that was able to toe that line between wrecking your equipment and putting on a solid show. I always thought that's that's more difficult to do. Then some fans realize if you don't have that license to tear it up, but you still have to do a good job to impress the sponsors, that's impressive. So we'll see what happens with all of that. Definitely a little bit of musical drivers going on in the Feld camp. Wanted to talk about a couple of independents, though. Switch gears real quick. Uh, two of the top running independents on the tour. One of them is an all monster client. Storm Damage Racing, Hurricane Force Racing, coming out with a new chassis this year for the Storm Damage. Uh, Tim Mente is going to get a brand new deal from J&B. They are known for doing chassis for the first Storm Damage as well as doing uh, the upcoming Backdraft one, which is on hold until at least the end of first quarter of 2012. So they've always done a good job for the independents and uh, you know, really good to see Tim Mente getting a new chassis. Guys, what do you think about that? We've been posting some pictures on Facebook Twitter, the whole deal, and uh, Tim is obviously excited about having an opportunity to get some fresh iron this year.
2: I think it's cool. Uh, you know, I've, I've really been following it and keeping up with uh, the storm damage and hurricane force, and uh, I'm happy that uh, Tim's getting a new chassis, but I'm really happy that uh, Stephen Thompson is actually getting a, a new chassis with the hurricane force. Um, you know, he's had the old Taurus racer for, uh, I believe it's three years now, and um, I'm really interested to see what he's going to be able to do with the old Storm Damage chassis and the newer technology. Um, I have seen him drive a few of the newer style trucks, so I'm really interested to see what he's going to be able to do with this one. Um, will he be able to continue the the fast-paced action that he has with some of the shows that he's done on the East Coast? Or is, you know, is he going to have to change his style to the truck? Uh, and that's something I'm kind of interested to see.
1: Yeah, definitely a good point there, Ed. And uh, you know, just to confirm, Steve will be driving what was storm damage last year the first jnb chassis we'll call it and uh tim Mente will be getting the brand new one that we've been posting pictures about so yeah in essence steve's getting a new truck and tim's getting a new truck i've spoken to tim a few times uh over the course of the last couple months he's been very excited and very thankful to have a new truck they are uh turning around this truck rather quickly things are looking good and uh definitely check those pictures out on stormdamageracing.com
0: yeah you know the uh the tim Mente's operation him and steven thompson they've got a good thing going there it's Funny how quickly that area of the country now has kind of blossomed into an area for catering to Monster Trucks because used to be in that section of Maryland, you know, it was only, you know, the Vodders camp that had a truck. Now you've got Mike Vodders, you've got Jay Snyder, and you've got Tim Mente and these guys now that are building great trucks and they're all putting out reliable pieces. Tim Mente is one of the nicest guys you could possibly meet out there. He's got a top-notch quality piece of equipment. And then Steven Thompson's a really talented young guy. He's constantly working on one of these trucks, whether it be, you know, one of Mike Vodder's pieces of equipment or, you know, he spent time driving, uh, with the triple X team earlier this year and last year. And then, you know, he's kind of bounced around, done a little of this, little of that. He's gotten a lot of seat time in various different trucks. So, you know, I don't see there being any problem, him adapting to a different piece. And, uh, You know, And Tim getting a new piece is nothing but great news for them as well. Now moving on from one top-level independent to another, uh, J.R. McNeil and the Raisin Cane team. These guys have really come on strong in the last couple of years and put together a fantastic program. Had the chance to see J.R. in Gaithersburg this year and really caught me by surprise of just how confident he was in the truck. It's a top-level piece of equipment. It looks great. And uh, he's actually in the process of building a new chassis, as well as coming up with a new identity with the Ice Cream Man truck. You know, these guys have you know really put in their dues on the independent you know circuit, and finally getting a ch- crack at a uh, running Monster Jam this year. And uh, from what I understand, uh, Scott Sweat will be the guy behind the wheel in the Ice Cream Man truck this year. I've had the chance to see Scott Sweat a few different times now, run uh, you know various mud bog racing events, and the guy's an extremely talented driver. He's definitely used to handling a lot of high horsepower and maneuvering around a truck. So I'm very interested to see what Scott Sweat does behind the wheel of a monster truck.
1: Definitely interesting. You guys have to check out their uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. They do that whole social media thing just like we do. Very interested to see what that looks like. They posted a couple preview pictures. Looks interesting. I'm going to be interested to see how that turns out. Dustin, go right into another uh, former mud racer, if you will. Joe Parnell is going to have a different identity to run this year.
0: Yeah, Joe Parnell's already gotten a little bit of seat time now, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is moving over with uh, a different body this year. And, uh, you know, as you said earlier, Joe's got a lot of experience in the mud, and now he's getting quite a bit of experience in a monster truck, you know, after running a full season last year with the uh, Randy Brown Motorsports Camp. You know, it took a little bit of time before he got really comfortable with it. But on the last couple of shows, especially in Hampton, Virginia, back in November, you know, Joe has really turned it up a notch, uh, you know, the difference between Hampton last year and Hampton this year was like night and day. You know, he's very aggressive now in how he freestyles. He's very comfortable in, you know, whipping the truck into a donut. He's got he's one of those guys that's very aggressive in how he does that. And he's also gotten very good at doing sky wheelies. And uh, you know, the teenage mutant ninja turtle uh passed vertical a couple of different times back in Hampton.
1: It will be very interesting to see how Joe Parnell handles that new teenage mutant ninja turtles identity. He's been doing a great job, and you can see his Hampton photos online from Dustin at allmonster.com. Now, we are headed up to a running of the bulls this year in Monster Jam. There are going to be four El Toro Locos, and uh, there's going to be a couple of new faces behind the wheel. Becky McDonough is going to take the wheel of one El Toro, and Aaron Basil is going to be another guy behind the wheel of El Toro Loco. So, it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle this new identity. Definitely a well-established name in the world of Monster Jam. And uh, a, a girl that's looking to establish her name behind the wheel of something, uh, I think Becky is going to have a great sophomore season personally, now that she can see. Uh, she is known for kind of her short stature and uh, was put into a kind of a tough situation with that Dragon's Best truck. Looked great, functioned not so well as far as uh, visibility. Very, very hard to see out of that truck. And to put a rookie behind that truck, and uh, expect them to, you know, have the visibility presence of mind in some places. Very tough, but uh, she learned from being on the road with Charlie Pawkin. Progressed through the year, and I think now that she has a little better visibility and a little more comfort in the wheel behind the wheel of a monster truck, it's going to be a good season for her. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, as you said earlier,
0: the sight lines in the Dragon's Breath body are very difficult because if you've ever been in up to that body and seen whether it had been Sting or Vet King in the past. It's very short windows, much like um, Monster Mutt, and then, you know, the nose of it is very long as well, and they actually, if you look at the body in the old versions, where like the grill was, when Adam Anderson was running Vet King, they actually cut the grill out and actually had clear plexiglass put in to fill that space to give it a little bit extra visibility, but still, you combine in a factor of, you know, all right, there's already that small of a window space, you know, long nose, limited visibility, And, you know, somebody that, you know, is maybe a little bit shorter than the average monster truck driver. There are a few short guys out there, um, but, you know, Becky's, you know, a little bit short, stashy or whatever. And then, you know, but after they got her seat adjusted to where she was comfortable with it, you know, she progressed nicely. And, uh, you know, now that you get a different animal to drive, so to speak, you know, we'll see what she comes up with this year. She's spent a lot of time wrenching on these trucks. She's been around it for a long time. I'm confident that she'll do just fine this year.
2: I actually think that now she's coming out of the, the Dragon's Breath truck, going into the uh, El Toro, she's going to actually uh, do a lot better. Uh, I think the uh, progression from her going from the one truck to the next truck is actually going to help her because uh, I think uh, she's, she definitely, like we all said, towards the end of the year, she was doing a lot better. She was getting used to that visibility. Now with the bigger window, her being able to see things a lot better, I think her game's is going to step up tenfold, and I think she's going to be uh, someone to reckon with this coming year.
1: Definitely learning from a guy like Charlie Pockin doesn't hurt either. Uh, next up, we've got Aaron Basil. Uh, this is a guy that both Basil brothers are in similar situations. They're a the second truck and a two-truck team. Got to deal with the budget there, so you can't be going out and trashing a truck every weekend. But very much respect due to the Basil brothers. Aaron, of course, uh, has been behind the wheel of various second trucks in Pablo Huffaker's stable. This year, he's getting a track at the, a crack at the El Toro Loco machine. I think that he's going to do a great job. He knows how to take care of his equipment. And really, plain and simple, he is another one of those guys, just like his brother, very underrated driver. And if you ever saw him behind the wheel of a truck that had, you know, a bigger budget behind it, I think that he could take some wins and uh, still might, honestly. It's going to help him out too in the fact that the Teenage
3: Mutant Ninja Turtle It's another one of those trucks you really, it's kind of hard to see out of. I remember him telling me about this a little bit in Quincy a few years ago. He was, uh, it it was very difficult to see out of the windshield of that. He had to look down at the floorboards to be able to see out of it. Not too much difference between both trucks, but I think he's going to be able to see out of the El Toro a lot better than he is out of this. And I think with that better visibility, just like uh, with Becky, he's going to improve his driving style and he may end up pulling off a few uh, different moves than we're normally
1: used to seeing out of him. Definitely good points all around. Next up, we have Bari Moussour, 2011 Monster Jam Rookie of the Year. He was in El Toro last year, and he is going to be behind the wheel of Spider-Man this year. Ed, why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
2: When I first heard this news, uh, I was actually really excited for Bari because he goes from being in a stable of trucks to getting his own identity with Spider-Man being the only driver of it. You know, he he definitely has confidence each event. Uh, was getting better and better Uh, you know he definitely he won rookie of the year so coming into this year his his energy is going to be really high Uh, he will have a visibility problem with the truck but I'm sure he's going to overcome that he's got a great group of guys Um, and he's he's touring this year with Chad Tingler who I think is going to be an awesome with him Chad is a good teacher I know everyone that's traveled with Chad's liked it and uh, you know the Going from Rod Schmidt to Chad, I think both of those guys have, are going to help uh, Bari in his uh, his rookie season to a sophomore. I think they made a good choice of pairing him with the right guys, and uh, I'm excited to see what he gets with his own identity. Um, and who knows where he goes from here?
1: Definitely a good point there. Uh, Bari has also had a lot of experience on the Monster Jam Europe tour. Again, this year was no exception. That's sort of where he cut his teeth last year. This year, he was in plenty of shows. Uh, broke a little bit of stuff, but not too much. Again, Bari has respect for the equipment, and uh, you know, just a great face of any truck he's behind the wheel of. He's one of the nicest guys in the sport. Has always been more than willing to talk to us here at All Monster, and uh, we wish Barry the best. We're going to wrap this up with a finally a debut of a truck that's dedicated to our neighbors to the north, Northern Nightmare, driven by Cam McQueen. With the absence of the Nitro Circus truck, Cam needed a new identity, and hey. Again, speaking of cutting your teeth overseas, uh, it wasn't overseas, but it was in a different country. He, in, in Vancouver, British Columbia, he was helping out at shows all over the place, hooked up with Travis Pastrana, hooked up with us here at uh, you know, in the Monster Truck World, and uh, now he is driving Northern Nightmare, gets to establish his own identity away from Travis Pastrana, sort of. And uh, Good-looking truck. Going to see how things are going this year. Dustin and Josh wanted to speak about this one, and then we're going to close the show up.
3: Well, first off, I got to say good for Cam. He's getting his own identity and uh, I know Nitro Circus there was only one guy driving Nitro, Nitro Circus. Everybody knew it was Cam, but it still had a big link to Travis. This truck right here is completely 100% Cam. It's kind of it's a Canadian truck he's driving it for the Canadian people. It may not be the world's first Canadian truck like Monster Jam probably had you to believe on their little their uh, little contest that they had down there to name it, but it is it's still a good jump for Cam. I think he's going to do great with it and I think it's going to showcase his driving style a lot more to have this his own identity in this truck.
1: Definitely a good point there. He uh he he the the press release was it's definitely a truck that's designed only for Canada and it will be in a couple of American, you know, shows here in the States. Uh but yeah, they actually have a Maple Leaf Monster Jam tour is what they're calling it this year all over Canada. Uh Rod Schmidt will be his partner in travels this year, uh, with Gravedigger, obviously. So that's gonna be interesting as well. Rod uh, Rod is a good tutor, likes to help the rookies out, so they take care of that. And uh, hopefully we see some good things from Cam. Dustin, what do you think about Cam McQueen and Northern Nightmare?
0: I think the whole Northern Nightmare and Cam McQueen, you know, idea is very cool. You know, the Canadian fans kinda have something that they can claim their own. Cam McQueen's a very proud Canadian himself. You know, they had the voting process together and You know, it's a cool name. Uh, I like the idea for the you know the paint scheme. I think the name could have been a little bit bigger, but that's just me. And uh, you know, it's it's a cool situation there. He gets to show off his heritage and uh, you know, you know, take it up north into Canada and run and you know, show it off for all of his proud Canadians.
2: With the whole thing with Cam, I thought it was pretty cool that Monster Jam, you know, let the fans name the truck and everything. And um, you know, my thing with it was is the the name i actually really enjoyed the name i liked it and i know that there's been some people that have been kind of saying and eh, you know it's it's corny and stuff like that but i think it's fitting for the truck uh and, and cam himself and you know what he what they what monster jam actually does with the truck in canada to see you know maybe they bring more events to canada now because of it
1: definitely good points all around guys i want to thank josh dustin and ed for being on the show this week I want to thank you guys for listening you want more all monster action we got it head over to all monster.com and also be sure to check out our Facebook page. Go up on the Facebook, type in your search bar, allmonster.com, and allmonster.com on track, beyond the lens. That's our program. That's our website. And be sure to hit us up on Twitter at the AllMonster. As well, we have a couple new YouTube videos up and a few surprises from the old school spectrum of videos in the very near future. Our YouTube channel is AllMonsterVideos. With that, we want to wrap the show up. want to thank everybody for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to AllMonster.com's Beyond the Lens.